Welcome to Indie Dotes, the podcast that shares the stories of independent creators. I'm your host, Susan Bond. Kim Goldburn on the show. She um, she works for herself, and she's a designer, developer, and a chronic creator. Uh, she uh, she she works under Made by Born, which I just love. Welcome to the show. Hey, Susan. Thanks for having me. I, I love I, I love that. I love the way that you you call yourself. That's so great. It makes me think of like uh, the action hero Jason Bourne. <laughs> I think everybody thinks of that. <laughs> Do they? Was that was that was that conscious by you, or did you care? Did you know that, that no, might happen? No, the story of my name is actually funny. I was looking for a word that meant purpose, and I came across this word, and it just so happened to be a part of my name as well. So everybody thinks it's because it's my name, but that's not how it came about. Oh, <laughs> that's so, so funny. interesting. So it was not part. Oh, that's so fascinating because it wasn't about your name. It was about no. so that it was about purpose. That's that's so interesting. I love that. But no one ever asks, so. <laughs> oh, good. Wait, and so did you just happen to find it and then you made the connection? Yeah, so I, I think I was just using the thesaurus and I just kept on looking through words and words and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, obviously I have to use this word because it's also my name, so. Like and what does your name catch. mean? Yeah, what does your name mean actually? Uh, so my actual name, I don't know. <laughs> but just, just the word born, um, B-O-U-R-N, um, means purpose. It, it has like three different meanings, yeah. uh, but the one that that I connected with was purpose. That's so great. My last name is Bond, of course, and it means tiller of soil. Um, I know, basically farmers. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Hardy, hardy stock. So. <laughs> Anyway, I'm fascinated with names. So I, I heard, before we get into the meat of, of what I want to talk to you about today, I heard that you won a Webby. I did, surprisingly. It was so great. Well, and it's for a site called Bitter Renter. Yeah. Right? Which, you know, I'm a New Yorker, and uh, I actually just recently went through a whole process of finding a new apartment. And I wish I'd known about Bitter Renter before because it looks pretty fascinating. Can you tell you know, how that came about and, and then how you won the Webby. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so just like you, when I first moved here, um, just the rental process in New York is extremely frustrating. Um, so, and there were just so many things that I didn't know and needed to know. Um, and I went through that process twice. And the second time around, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm sure there's other people having problems like me. Um, so the first time I moved here, I actually had a mini blog and I had a similar site uh, but back then, like my design skills weren't that great and it was posted online, but nobody really cared about it. Um, so the second time around, I decided to put a little bit more effort into it and make it into this um, interactive guide for first time renters where it's not just a passive reading experience. It takes um, your own situation into into the context. So, OK, you only make this much, then you can actually only afford this much, which is the part that I really enjoy about it. Yeah, that was so great. Also, I love that I could add in, I could make it more real, so to speak, by adding in other expenses. Yes, exactly. Which was another thing for me. It's like when you first move here, usually it's like, oh, you just got a job, so you moved here. So which means you have no money to spend on anything. <laughs> so expenses <laughs> is a really important part that um, I, I had to have in there. And so how did the um, Webby come about? 
So I applied for the Webby um, last year um, and I got nominated. <laughs> I got nominated, I think I waited about like five months. I even forgot about it eventually. Um, but in April, they announced the nominations and I was one of five. Um, and they actually have two awards that you could win. You could win the overall Webby or you could win, I think it's called the People's Voice Award. Um, and I actually came fifth in the People's Voice Award. So I just, I just assumed, okay, I guess I'm not winning anything, but I got nominated and that's great. Uh, but then like a few weeks later, I got uh, actually got a package in the mail that said you won and I freaked out in my apartment. <laughs> I, of course, right? So wait, now it was the People's Voice Award. Was that in a specific category over, or overall? Yes. So I entered specifically in the real estate category. Uh, okay, got it. Got it. So you won fifth in the People's Voice, but you won the whole category for the web webby i guess is what it's called yeah oh that's so amazing <laughs> and i hear there was a some really big competition in this category too yep zillow was basically the one that won the people's voice and i and they've been actually winning for the past four years they've won webbies for the past four years you broke their streak awards. i know that's, that's exactly oh, what i said you're the you, woman who broke <laughs> zillow's streak do you want oh. to know what my speech was <laughs> yes so they give you like a five word speech and mine was suck it zillow I <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, I was very proud. <laughs> Taking down the giant streak. Did they ever reach out to you? Did you ever talk to anybody at the, the I guess like there's a show, right? Did you ever talk to anybody at Zillow? No, I, I wondered if they were going to be at the award ceremony. Um, and even at the, so the day before you actually record your speech, uh, but I never got into contact with them. So maybe they were too scared to talk to me. So it's fine. <laughs> Totally. They were intimidated by you. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay. So today I just wanted to hear about Bitter Renter because when I heard that name, I was like, oh yeah, I so totally get that. I mean, we got lucky this year uh, when we found our place. We stayed at our other place. It was so expensive. And then I finally said, we need to move out of this place. And he said, right, but I don't want to pay broker's fees. Like that's a whole other New York right, thing, right? Exactly. And so I said, okay, I'm not going to, I will find us a place that does not have broker's fees. And of course, I'm sure he looked at me sideways like, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, I think he was mentally prepared to resign our lease. Uh, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And you know what? I found a place in four days. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got really lucky. I, nice. I feel like I, I, I get really lucky. We had to move to a totally different neighborhood but um, in Brooklyn. But that was fine. And, and we were paying a lot less. And we love our place. And, you know, we, I found the place in four days. And we, within a week, we had signed a lease. Nice. I feel like it's usually um, like both extremes. Either you get really lucky or you're spending like weeks finding a place, which happened right. to me. <laughs> T totally. He spent, I think, six weeks. He found, oh, like he was in that place for oh, like, I think he was there for four years. He, he looked for six weeks to find oh, that place. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he was like, I never want to do that again. So I, I took it on and I've had pretty good luck. Uh, I think a lot of it is just understanding exactly what you want. And like yeah. I knew, you know, and I was seeing, about, I did the first five places, I, or four places. I was like, these look like they're, they're for college kids. The they didn't even have full refrigerators. I was like, no, no, I'm like, I'm like an adult. Like I cook three meals a day. Like I need a full fridge. I'm and always surprised at those listings. <laughs> Right, and they were—I mean, they weren't cheap. Like, right, they looked, and they looked beautiful, but they had like mini fridges. I mean, right. they weren't mini fridges, but they were really small. I mean, you know. Anyway, so I—I—I I, I, I do feel like I got—I got lucky. As soon as I switched neighborhoods, I found two listings right away, and then we were like, okay, which one do we like? So, 
Yes. Anyway, bitter renter totally appealed to me. So let's go on to the thing I actually want to talk to you about today, which is no questions asked. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, you know what no questions asked is? Sure. Um, so to put it simply, it is a challenge where you get one new place to go a week for six weeks this summer. Got it. And it's in New York City, right? Yes. Only in New York City. And so how did this come about? So last year, I found myself um, wanting to try new places just because I work so much, I don't get out a lot. Um, and every Friday or Fridays were the only days that I would go out. Um, so I really just like found myself trying to always pick a new spot to go to. And I, let's just say I'm very lazy. I don't like to go through all the <laughs> numerous lists online oh my um, God, yes. to like find a place to go. So it would either be from a recommendation from a friend or I would just like randomly pick a place that was like close by. Um, and one night coming home on the train, I just had this crazy idea. I was like, oh, you know, it can be interesting is if I created like an experience out of this where, you know, I'd give you, I'd basically help you explore more of New York without having to go through um, the stress of like, all the lists that are available online. Um, and then I also kind of wanted to make it, I, I wanted to time box it. So like you would at least commit these six weeks to having that experience. Here's what would be uh, daunting for me at least. So like I, I'm that person, I want you to, I love my friends who say, would you like to go this place or this place? And, I, and then I look it up online, I'm like, this place. That's what my friend did last night. We went to uh, Cafe Dante in, um, in the village and it was great. She was like, how about this or this? And I was like, ah, Cafe Dante, done. Because right, I, exactly. I, I hate that idea when people are standing in a group at, oh, should we go here? We could go here. I, oh my God. It's I, so frustrating. Oh I my can't. God. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm like, peace out. I, when you guys have figured it out, I'll just right. go with you. <laughs> like it, I, I, I don't have energy for planning things. I like to have a social life, but I don't enjoy that kind of planning process. But there are some people who like that, who think right. about that. Exactly. So this app is not for them, basically. <laughs> They're for people like me who just, they just have too much on their mind to like have to plan a night out. You just want to pick a place and go. <laughs> right. And I think there's actually a lot of more people like you and I who want that. Like, yeah. tell me where I should go. Give me a recommendation or, you know, like I, I love give me, give me choices. And I find that I actually... I feel like my friends curate the experience. My friends who know me well know now they they'll right. give me two choices and they know and they're, and I'm easy. I'm exactly. Like, I'm pretty easy. <laughs> Just tell me what I like. You know, they know like I don't eat pasta because I can't. Doesn't make me feel good. But other than that, I'm I'm great. Where do you want to go to? Because we often go out for dinner and drinks. Like you know, if I go to theater, I go do the theater on my own. Right. Uh, I, I pick it out. You know, like I want to go see Hamilton. Like I'm going to see Hamilton for the second time. Have you got what? I know. I've yet to be able to get tickets and you're going twice. I know. Uh. I know. I know. I know. I'm like, I'm hot. And I actually have had other Hamilton tickets, by the way. Okay. Don't yell at me. Oh um, my God. I know. Like I'm a theater. Tell me nut. the secret later. <laughs> I know. Right. I go and tell it on the podcast. I'm a, the I'm a theater nut. I actually was reading about, I read Sarah Jessica Parker was saying something about, about it when it was at the public. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. And I heard it was going to Broadway. And so I got on the list. And as soon as they announced it, oh, I, got yeah, I got tickets right away. Sense. So I saw it, 
I think I saw it like two months after it opened, the first wow. time I could get tickets. Okay, I, I don't know. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, so the, the, they called me for the jury that day, and I was like, oh, no, you no, we are going to have to, we're going to have to move this because That's I so am funny. not giving up my Hamilton tickets. <laughs> like, mm, no. That's so um, funny. And then I got another, I got tickets to go again in November, but yeah. So, so that's where I, I'll do, I will pick my experiences because right. I love theater so much, but when it comes to other things, I don't. So, right. so, okay. So you basically wanted to curate this, but here's what's interesting. You know, I love the idea that you came up with, you wanted to create an experience and mm-hmm. curate it for people, but uh, if you don't know the city well, or that's not natural thing, your natural thing, mm-hmm. how do you go about doing that? I think that would be daunting for me. So yeah, and I mean it was <laughs> it was definitely daunting for me. Um, so I I got curators actually. Um, now I wish I got them to the extent that I needed them, but I looked up a few Instagrammers that Instagram like food and travel, um, and I just reached out and I said, hey, I'm working on this project, you know, and. You know, I would love to know what's in your head. Can you curate a few places for this? Um, so that's how I was able to do it. Um, unfortunately, I wish I got curators for the entire thing, but I was only able to get it for like, let's say about like half of it. So like I had to curate the other half, which was extremely daunting because I've never been anywhere. And I was basically creating the app for me. So that was definitely a, a hard, hard part for me. Yeah, so I have two questions. I'm going to go down this first track. The first track is, so you reached out to Instagrammers, one of whom I know, Liz Spano. Oh, right. You told me about that. Type 2 creative. Yep. <laughs> she's she's a good friend of mine. I know, I've know i known her That's for many so years. Awesome. And she's one of my favorite people that, you know, when we got to dinner, I'm like, you know what to do. She's like, yep. That's so we're gonna, awesome. <laughs> we're going to go here. And I'm like, okay, great. Done. Just tell me what I'm ordering. <laughs> so that, that that's so great that you, uh, that you, uh, look those folks up and did they uh, did everyone you reached out to did they respond or no of course not I reached out to um I definitely should have reached out to more than I did but that part that part is just always hard for me um I think maybe 10 percent or maybe 20 percent of people that I emailed responded and every time I got a response I was like oh my god oh my god somebody responded because <laughs> it's just so hard to get people to care about um, something that you care about if you're if they're doing it for free, basically. So right, yeah, exactly. Which is basically uh, I'm using air quotes over here exposure or for the yeah. experience of doing that, right? Um, yeah. yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's the same thing with the podcast. I'm always like crossing my fingers, like please don't let me be the last kid not kicked for kickball. Please pick me. You know, when I reach out <laughs> to someone I don't know, like you, I reached out and I was like, oh, I really hope she says yes because I want to ask her about no questions asked. You know, so I, I'm like fingers crossed. I send all the good juice you know like okay good vibe you'll still say yes but it the truth is is that 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 10 to 20 percent of response rates is yeah. probably pretty yet pretty yeah. average which is why i you would have to um reach out to like like at least 100 people if you wanted 10 you know so that's, that was my goal <laughs> that's so great well and and you're i did you identify them through hashtags because i know you're somewhat of a hashtag expert with your you know your former hashtags i did which is so fun like initially when i was doing it i was extremely frustrated because i just could not figure out how would i be able to track down these people um so i did a few things um i definitely used hashtags i did like nyc food and like so i have a few people on my instagram that are foodies so I just sort of looked at what hashtags they used, and then I used that hashtag to find these people. Um, but I also just Googled, like, uh, top food Instagrammers. And then, you know, there's so many blogs that have covered uh, people on Instagram at this point that I also got um, yeah. some help there. But I feel like those were the ones that did not respond, so <laughs> I don't know. 
Oh, interesting. So I think it's like, you know, it's like once you're at the top of the food chain, you don't really need to respond to every opportunity. Um, and I'm not saying that the people that I reached out weren't at the top of the food chain, but I think it just also depends on the type of person that they are. So I got lucky with um, the people that responded. Well, it, it, it's true. I mean, there is a bit of who they are and then also where they are in their yeah. in their career or their whatever, their, if their project isn't full time. Right. That's right. Exactly. Of- it just sort of, you know, varies. So you say you think about 10 to 20 uh, percent responded. And had you done this kind of sort of I mean, it's kind of like cold calling in a way. I mean, you're not selling to them because they're not going to buy anything, but it's still, you yeah, know, for sure. asking, I mean, it's a little bit of version of that. Had you done that before? Yeah. I mean, on every project that I do, there's always some sort of cold calling that I need to need to do from like press to partnerships to sponsorships. And in this case, curators. So, but am I good at it? No, I've, it's funny that you asked that because it's not my first rodeo yet. Still, it felt like my first rodeo and I still don't think I'm good at it. So, (laughs) well, yeah, I want to, I want to dig into more on this, like on the sales side. So, cause that is sale. Like, I mean, really, if you're reaching out to press or for partnerships, I mean, it's sales and I think sales is hard for a lot of us. Yeah. So what's been your secret of like, cause some people won't even do it. (laughs) <laughs> right. So, I mean, honestly, some people won't even do their project at, in, because they don't want to do sales. Yeah. So I guess for you, it's not that scary. So it's funny that you say that. Um, when you said some people just don't do it, I thought you meant some people just don't reach out. Um, but for me, my project, um, I think I just have this mentality that like it's going to get done, like no matter what. Um, so to give you an example of that, a project that I did last year, I really needed sponsorship so that I wouldn't, I could lower my out of pocket expenses. Um, and I just could not get the money, but I did it anyway. And I spent the money I shouldn't have spent on it. (laughs) Mm. Um, so I think for me, what I really need to work on is that like, it's interesting that you say like some people don't even pursue the project. Um, I don't necessarily want to take it to that extreme, but I do think that I need to get better at, you know, if it's like a budget thing, I need to lower my budget if I can't get sponsorships or, you know, stuff like that. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it's, it's definitely scary for me still. And I'm not great at it. I've been trying to improve, I think, sort of the voice and what I'm saying as I'm reaching out to these people. And also just thinking about like, what value are they going to get from me? I think that's the question that I've yet to, to answer um, really well, um, which I think would help a lot when I'm doing these cold emails. It's a really good point, right? What are they, what's the value that they're going to get? Yeah. It's like, why should I, why should they care? <laughs> and, and, I know, it's like, what's it, what, why should they care? What's in it for yeah, them? I, I exactly. think I, I try to think about that. I mean, I've, I've done, you know, some version of sales or marketing for a very long time, so it's more comfortable for me, but it's still, I mean, it's still hard for me. I mean, reaching out and I mean, even in this podcast, reaching out to people has still been very scary to me. And now it's getting easier. I'm like, well, okay. I I sent messages to six people and none of them replied. Okay, just keep going. Right, exactly. (laughs) And that's that's something that's really hard for me is that just keep going aspect of it. (laughs) Because it's like, how do you keep going when you're getting nothing? What? Well, how did you? I'm asking, like, how do you? I know. I'm like, tell me. <laughs> I mean, well, so, so I can't say that I have been. Um, I think I should have reached out to maybe 50 Instagrammers. And I think maybe I did 30. Because at that point, also being like a one man show, it's like, or one woman show. Um, there's so many things that I have to do that if one particular thing is not going the way I want it to, or at least the parts that I don't like, which is sales, yep. I, I get to a certain point and unless I'm feeling like it, then it just doesn't get done to be really honest. So, right, right. Well, and there's just that whole idea of like persistence and resilience and yes, that exactly. really kicks in when yep. you're 
like especially with sales. Yep. Um, it, it's so it's so important because sometimes this, if you don't, I mean, people don't reach out, and sometimes they don't even do their projects because of of yeah. this whole sales thing. I mean, it's really a a big pullback. Yeah. Yeah. It's for, especially for the kind of you know sort of uh, developer you know, nerdy kind of geeky creators like I am right. and my other people you know, that I work with, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's and scary I think, for us. I think the one thing that has been um, helping a little bit, but I still need to be more, um, or I need to get better at it, is setting some time to actually do it. So I think because I don't like doing it, I don't prioritize time like I would prioritize time to design something. So I think now that I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend two hours just doing outreach, and whatever I get done in two hours, I get done in two hours. But at least I'm setting aside time to like get something done. So that's such a, such a great point. I try to, well, I call it batching tasks, but I just read this thing, interest in, this uh, idea about like productivity by Paul Miners. He wrote this article about the like I think there was like eight. I don't know. There's eight archetypes or something of types of like planners or productivity people you are. And there's one called a themer. And so the idea of a themer, right, is that you take bulks of time. So like Mondays, I work with my clients. Tuesdays, I record my podcast or I'm editing my Mm, podcast. And I would and I also do that for outreach. So like, okay, now I'm going to go in my email, which is often in my email is when I need to do outreach to folks, like basically some sort of sales. That's so. interesting. I feel like I've come across that because that sounds familiar, but I need to look that up again. Yeah, I mean, I t- I'll attach <laughs> it to the notes for everybody of the show. I, I, yes. I, he, you can be like a couple types. I was a maker themer. So makers need like half a day or a whole day to do something. They need large Oh, that makes more sense now. Yes, that's why I love Saturdays because right. I can just take my whole Saturday and work. <laughs> me, me too. Saturdays are my day when I, I, I work on the weekends a lot and people are like, oh, you're working. I'm like, no, but I love it. I'm creating. Right. <laughs> so often I'm editing podcasts on Sundays. You know, if I don't have time on Tuesdays, if I'm recording too much or I'll write, I'm writing a lot of articles. I write for Fast Company. And so I'll, I write my Fast Company articles, the, the really good crappy first draft on a Saturday. So oh, nice. anyway. Need, I need to talk to you about that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Definitely talk about that. So the in terms of like the, uh, I love that idea that with sales, it's just setting aside the time to do it. Yeah. Or at so, least I think that's one trick that I'm going to try getting doing better at. So, <laughs> and you got to do whatever trick is right for you, right? Because yeah. some people, I think there's some people who are in sales. Like my brother is a huge sales guy. Like his whole career, he runs like half of North America basically oh, for wow. a company now. Yeah, he's great at it. I think he's very natural at it. But for I think for the rest of us who it's not natural for, I think we have to find whatever trip tricks and and tips it is, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, is it that the, like for me, I lean a lot on like purpose. Like I want to get this out to more people. So that's why I have to do sales. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So lots, lots of ways to think about it. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about, I want to go back to this other part that you talked about before. So half of the curate, the event was curated by Instagrammers and then the other half you had to do. So how did you do that? If that was not something that you'd been doing or, you know, you created it for yourself and then you had to do it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, Google is, is your best friend. (laughs) So, I mean, just like how, um, I would have been looking for these places, uh, last year when I wanted to find places to go, I was just using the same method. So that would be, um, interesting places to eat at or so I had actually 12 themes which made it a little bit easier to google um what I realized was a trend was that like when you know what you need 
um, Googling is so much easier. So I would Google things like... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have learned that a lot sooner. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I would Google things like best brunch places because brunch was a theme. Um, I would Google... Uh, what's another theme? Best mixology or like speakeasy bars in Manhattan in Brooklyn because um, mixology was another theme. So I would just do that and then sort of look through and think, okay, what will be interesting to me? What sounds interesting? Um, and then just randomly pick <laughs> pretty much. Oh, that, that that's great. So you had, how did you have to do like six categories or how, like did you have to full do full categories on your yes. own yes oh my god so oh if i could tell you the decisions that i made prior to starting this project that bit me in the butt after <laughs> yeah tell me so, <laughs> i want to so know I picked, I picked okay so there's 12 themes um and along with 12 themes so people can only choose six but i wouldn't know what six you would choose right so i had ah. to have um experiences for each one of those themes i had to have at least four because you also had three options and one bonus. Then I had to find experiences that would fit under um, dietary restrictions that I had as well, because I wanted the experiences to be very inclusive. Um, so the important ones like, you know, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, um, and like dairy-free and stuff like that. Then I also gave you the option to pick your preferred borrow, because I know that, you know, it's New York and it's, yeah. it's small, but it's big. Most people don't like to travel. So it's like, okay, I prefer experiences in Brooklyn. So I had to have like four experiences per borrow. So, so basically all in all, I ended up with about 144 experiences, which is insane. And that was like wow. the bare minimum. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's, that seems like uh, there's a lot of more complexity in this than yeah. than you might realize when you so first much. look at it. That's, so much. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, 144. So what would you do differently next time? Or what will you do differently next time? So I definitely get curators to curate everything. I think I, mm. I'm always very, um, what's the word? I, I'm trying to consider other people's time. So, you know, when I'm getting a curator, since I'm not paying you, I didn't, I didn't like ask them to do like the maximum that I would need or the minimum that I would need. I just gave them like a choice of like 10, you know, and 10 was just not enough for one curator to do to help me like fully um, curate the entire thing. Um, so I think definitely getting curators, maybe if I'm get, I, I get some money coming in, I could, you know, um, pay everybody for their time, um, but definitely get curators for all of the themes and to the extent that I need it, I think is one big thing that I would do differently. At least on the experience side of things. So would you would you simplify it at all or no? I don't think so. I think it was a good idea that I, or at least what I had is actually what is, is simplified because I had way more in mind, especially from a location standpoint. Um, but I think the dietary restrictions, I do think that there are a few that I could restrict. But I know that vegans, like it's really hard for a vegan to find places to eat. Oh, so yeah. I really wanted to include vegans into this because I know that they would enjoy finding new places. Um, and then the same thing with like vegetarian and pescatarian, but they're much easier to like manage. Um, so I think dietary restriction wise, I had peanut free, dairy free and kosher which are not that popular based on just like the amount of people that signed up with those. So I think I'd probably remove those to like take some weight off of the curation. Um, but location wise, having Manhattan, Brooklyn and Queens makes sense because a lot of people don't like to travel. So you would essentially not do the challenge if you have to travel, you know? So mm -hmm. I think, so I think it would be mostly just making sure that I have enough curators to curate the entire thing. I think that would have solved the problem um, that I, that I faced right at the end. 
Yeah, I think that makes that makes a lot of sense rather than reducing because I, I could see that you would say, well, I could streamline it and say, here's what you're getting, you know, like take this. But at the same time, you're creating and crafting an experience. Right. And so having that complexity is what allows so you to craft that experience. I would say that, um, so I think the reason for me make, adding that, that complexity um, was, so when I initially thought of this, um, the experiment that I was running was, do you really need all of these choices, you know, from like a list of places you could go. Do you really need all these choices? Or if I give you one place to go that fulfills the bare minimum of, you know, the, the things that you prefer, would you just go? Um, and when I think about like how I randomly pick a place, like I always look, okay, is there any fish for me to eat because I'm pescatarian? Um, and where is it located? I think those are like the two biggest things. Um, and then after that, it's like, okay, I can really go anywhere. Um, so I really wanted to include that as something that you didn't have to think about when you were doing the challenge. Oh, that's great. So that you would do that differently. Um, what else would you do differently, do you think? Um, well, marketing was something that I did not <laughs> do to the extent that I should have. Um, I, so I started marketing right in the beginning, and I had a full marketing plan um, uh, worked out that I just didn't fully follow. So I think I would definitely do that. Um, I, I think that was like the biggest thing. I marketed in the beginning, but I didn't market, mar I didn't market it um, like a little bit before just cause I didn't have time. <laughs> um, so it's just a lot of marketing should have been done. I definitely want to have more business partnerships cause I'm basically giving all of these places free customers, you know, and they're, I didn't even get to have a conversation with those people. So I think definitely see if I can like partner with some of these places that I'm actually sending people to is another big thing. Oh yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense. So I have to ask the question <laughs> that I love to ask everybody. You can answer this or not. Will you make any money off of this event or will it end up costing you money for this side project? It will have costed me everything. Just kidding. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> didn't make any money, but I definitely spent money, but I tried to limit the amount of money that I was going to spend because I knew from the get-go that I wasn't going to make any money um, because the money would have been on the business side of things and I just could not, one, find the time or figure out like what I needed to do to make that work. Um, so I'm hoping the next time around I can... Um, hopefully make money. Right, so that it can at least pay for the time that you put into the project. Um, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes the first time we run something, we don't really, the way that we make money from it doesn't maybe appear to right. us right away. Um, or we have to kind of figure that out and we're just trying to get it off the ground. Right. Exactly. So how many people did are doing the, the challenge? So I love to use these numbers because people get so shocked when I say the first one. So 800 people signed up. For the challenge um oh wow that's great but only 400 people downloaded the app <laughs> so that's and they and did they have to have the app to do it yes so initially um i wanted it to be um an app and then also a web app so you could have like either option um but just like time i just knew beforehand like time would not permit that because i was also learning um, a new technology to build the app in the first place um yeah. so so not this time around but maybe next time around um so you had to have the app but the app is available on ios and android so i think that that helped um and then obviously you had to be new york <laughs> right so so yeah 800 people signed up 400 people downloaded the app and i, th I think those out of those 400 maybe like like 80 or 90 percent are actually taking the challenges and like completing or skipping or missing or whatever the case may be right because they can do what, are, what they can do the challenge they can skip a challenge. Can you explain like how that works? Yeah, so it's hard to use the word challenge because the whole thing is a challenge. Um, but <laughs> so each week you get one experience. You can skip 
you, you have two skips per week. So basically you have three options of experiences that you could do. Um, if you skip all three, then you basically miss or skip the entire week. Um, if you forget the entire week on a whole, the next Monday it'll ask you if you did anything and you either have or haven't. So you, you would have missed that week at that point. Uh, okay. Okay. And so how did the 800 people, I want to go back to actually the marketing yeah. plan. How did those 800 people find out about it? Cause I know I found out about it later afterwards. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but I'm, I'm not really, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm like thinking, huh, I don't know if I would have seen it on Twitter or whatever, but how did you, how did you find those 800 people? So the bulk of my marketing plan or has been for like every other project has always been to post it on design blogs just because um, I think when I first started my journey as a quote unquote maker, um, design was something that I was just still bad at. Like I could code, but I could, my design skills just were not up to par. Um, so I would always just like try to get better at design and post it and see how the response is. Um, so I think a lot of people came from that, from like just posting it on design blogs. Um, I did a few like Twitter, Instagram ads, and also Facebook. I did, I did a few Facebook ads that did really well. Um, so I think that's where the bulk of the traffic came from. And then word of mouth. There was, there was actually one person that came to my launch party that said she went to a networking event <laughs> and somebody told her about it there. And I was, I was astonished. That was so awesome to hear. So, oh, that's so great. So it was design blogs, you know, ads and then word of yeah. mouth. And what about your curators? Did they help spread the word at all? Uh, I have no idea. Actually, I kind of doubt it <laughs> just because, you know, it's like little old me. They don't know me. It's not like I'm a big name in the industry yet. So I don't know if they did that. Um, I, there was, I had two friends actually that were curators. So I think they, they definitely shared it amongst their networks, but otherwise I'm not quite sure. <laughs> uh, got it. Yeah. So that wasn't something that you, you know, did you, you didn't like follow up or make that part of your marketing? I didn't, plan. which is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I'm just thinking, I was like, oh, that would be a, like, yeah. a pretty natural place to get some marketing because they might want to, you know, that just sort of help, help spread the credibility. It's, and it's funny because I actually had, it was a part of my marketing plan where I was going to do um, videos um, with these curators and that, that kind of fell through the cracks, but which was supposed to also help drive traffic because they would post on their platforms and drive traffic that way. But Right. Well, so you said that you had a marketing plan and you didn't follow it. Like, I, I, I'm not trying. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be harsh. My, I'm You're really right. curious about like why that didn't happen. Was it just because it's a, this strikes me when I saw this? I was like, holy mother, this is a big event. It's a lot. Yeah, right? it's a lot. So, I, and then I hear the complexity. I'm like, oh yeah, wow, mother, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So, um, I'm wondering, did you? Why? Why do you think you didn't? You weren't able to follow through on all of your marketing plan ideas. So, you know, was it? Did you run out of time? Like, yeah, I think a few things. Um, time did not permit because I had um, a hard deadline. Which, when I say a hard deadline, obviously I can move my deadline whenever I want. But <laughs> it was hard for me, um, and there were a few things that I just could not do by myself and I would need help doing so a part of it was I wanted to create a few graphics that I could share on social media and I just I'm not good at drawing so like I just kind of just didn't do it <laughs> there were videos that I wanted to do with the curators so they could post on their channel and drive traffic that way that would require me getting curators on board and then doing videos with them and it's like if I'm not a big person in the industry why would they care etc etc and I just basically told talked myself down into this hole where I just didn't do it 
Oh wait, so that's why you didn't do that was because you you didn't you, it wasn't that you didn't have time on that particular well, one. It was both, more that both. Yeah, it was yeah. Both. yeah. So you didn't have time, and then you also thought, well, why would they talk? Yeah, to you? it was because because also I also had this like concept of I would get influencers um, in the food and travel industry. Plus, I would have curators, um, and initially they were combined. Um, and so then I se- sort of separated them and totally forgot about the influencers and totally forgot about the whole like video strategy. So a lot of it was me mm. just basically making a conscious decision to like not do it because I just wasn't, I wasn't up for it, <laughs> I would, to be honest. Um, and then yeah. also time because I would need time to do those things. So. Oh, got it. Okay. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but it's also really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done it. I should have. And also, you know, to, to my point earlier, I should have prioritized time for it, and I didn't. That's another big thing. Mm, t- what do you, can you tell me more about what you mean? So, so I had, so I always have on my schedule. Okay, there's going to be like one or two weeks of strategy and sort of figuring out how this all works. Then there's going to be, depending on how big it is, maybe four weeks of design, um, and then depending on how big it is, you know, four to six weeks of development. Um, and I always like prioritize time for those things, but I've never said, okay, and this one week I'm going to focus on marketing, you know? So like, I think if I build that into the schedule, I think that I'd find more time for these things and I'd hopefully execute on them. Yeah. It sounds like you're very, uh, uh, structured with how you manage your time and how you think about your projects. Like you, you project manage them as if Try you to be. You know, <laughs> project. Yeah. I mean, but let me tell you, lots of people aren't, yeah, right? right. I, I mean, I think there's lots of people who are more loosey-goosey yeah. with it, right? But you seem to me to be very structured with that, your approach. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thank you. That, 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 yeah, that's how you approach all your projects? Yeah, is for sure. I think because I think for me, it's knowing that, okay, July 24th, this has to be out. How do I make that happen? Um, I think just like having that in mind. And some people don't like deadlines. Um, for me, I adore, I need deadlines or, I mean, nothing will get done, you know? So I have to be working towards something. I, I'm the same way. I really, I really love a deadline. It, it, I mean, I, I love it and I hate it. I'm like, ah, oh, a deadline. Right, exactly. Like, I, also really, I do. I mean, yeah, I'm like, oh, I got to turn this piece yep. into my editor. Uh, but then I really love it because it makes sure that I get it done. Uh, exactly, that I get something done. Right. And what's so interesting about your approach is, you know, you, so you structured your time, managed yourself. I think it's pretty common for a lot of people who, folks who are makers first, to, to prioritize the making yeah. over the, the, the selling or the marketing right. of it. Oh, I know. I mean, the, I, I don't mean to say you're not special. I just mean that, like, I see that a lot. Yeah. I feel like that's very true for lots of people. And I think you have to be really conscious in order to get out of your natural tendency. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you are in the process. What we're talking today, you, how far it, through the journey are they? They're halfway through, not quite halfway through the uh, process. They're going to be, yeah, this is the third week, actually. So at the end of this week, okay. it'll be halfway through the challenge. And are you doing the challenge yourself, too? I am. <laughs> oh, that's so great. And I love that I am because there's so many things that, like, people have commented on that I've been like, no, no, it just has to be this way. It's a challenge. And then it happened to me and I was like, oh God, no, I have to change this. <laughs> well, that's great. You're, you're using your own product yeah. so that you have a chance to experience it as a user. Yep. And, and so you're already making uh, things, some, like, things you want to tweak for yeah, next time. Yeah, for sure. 
And are you getting some feedback as you go along? Are people writing you or do you have that built into the process? So I'm going to ask for feedback this week. So nobody has um, just voluntarily um, given me feedback. A few people have, um, but not, a, not as much as I want. Um, and of course, my friends who are taking the challenge, they're telling me what they think. Um, but I'm hoping to get some feedback. So at the end of this week, I'm going to send out an email. And then at the end of the whole challenge, I'm going to ask again. And hopefully I get some responses. Right. And was there is there any sort of like hashtag or because this you know kind of makes me think of like it's a community event in a way it's like very individual but you're also doing this all at the same time right it's it, because it's a finite sort of thing it's not asynchronous right yeah. like you can start your challenge anytime it's a group of people going through it at a time well you can't start it at any time you, you right. have to do it um uh from between july 24th to september 3rd well, exactly. Yeah. Like so, so if, if there another event might be like that, but this strikes me as very like community oriented. Yeah. Everybody's going through right. it at yes, the same exactly. time. So, are there, uh, you know, are, is there a way that your the community can talk to each other? Is there a community hashtag? Is there a, a Facebook group or or no? Is it so? No, and that's a good point. That was something that um, a friend had brought up. Um, you know, adding sort of that social aspect into it. Um, so I do have a hashtag in there where it's like, okay, once you've completed your challenge or your experience, um, you can share um, what the experience was like with the no questions asked NYC hashtag. Um, but apart from that, I just knew there was so much complexity to build in a social component that I just had to deprioritize that. Um, but I'm hoping to add that in uh, later, the next iteration. Oh yeah, that's that's really smart. It really strikes me that, that again, prioritize like some structure and prioritization. <laughs> yep. But that's great. I mean, I think it's something that a lot of creative types struggle with, right? Is how do I prioritize something? Yeah. How do I structure it? How do I make sure that I get this thing done? Right. I think it seems natural for you, but I think there's a lot of people who I think <laughs> Yeah, I think it's aren't. like after like after doing a few projects and realizing I spent way too much time on this thing and way too much time on that thing, I've started asking myself, okay, for this project to be successful, what parts do, must it absolutely have and what parts could it have next time or just like not have this time? Um, so that's sort of how I like try to think about the things that I'm doing and the things that I'm building so I'm not wasting time, you know? That's great. It's it's kind of like people say, like, minimum viable product. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it strikes me that you take that approach, yeah. even though it's an event, it's not quite a, I mean, I guess there's an app, so that's a product. But, you know, did you, did you, did you build that in the beginning? So did you have, like, did you have all these big plans and then scale it back? Or did you start with, like, here's the minimum viable product and then say, here's what I want to do next time, if that makes sense? So I think it was a combination. Usually um, I do sort of have an MVP sort of planned out. Like I usually try to not take it all the way because it's it's really easy for me to just make it, you know, extremely complex. Um, so I think usually from the beginning, mm -hmm. I try to like um, trim it down to like the absolute essentials. Um, and then as I'm going through specifically the build process, that's usually when more complex things come to light and I have to deprioritize or, um, you know, push things off to the next iteration. So what I hear in there that it sounds like what I thought I th heard you say, even though you didn't say the words, was that you tend to, know, to go towards complexity and you know that about yourself? Yes. Well, I, I, I know that I am quick to get really complex if, if I don't catch myself. So I try to catch myself from the beginning before I even like. So, so usually in that like strategy um, part of the process is when I'm like, okay, these are all the things it could have. But let's really think about like, but what makes it great? You know, like what does it absolutely need and what can it not have? 
It's so great that you know yourself. Did you figure that out by the process of doing projects or is that something you knew about yourself that things can get quickly complex when you're creating these things? Um, I think I think it's both. Um, just because like I, I can just get carried away really easily with all the features <laughs> that they could have. Um, so I think I kind of knew that about myself, but I, I also learned it as I was going through the projects. We can learn a lot about ourselves going through these projects, yeah. right? Like things that we know about tendencies, we figure out, oh, that's where I fall down or that's where I'm not strong or this is where I'm really strong. So I'm always going to want to do this all the time. Yes, exactly. And I'm still learning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, well, you know, it was so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait to, I, I unfortunately heard about No Questions Asked <laughs> too late, but I am on the list for next time because you're going to do it again, right? Yes. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, so it's funny. Um, I think I told you this, but everybody has been stewing in FOMO <laughs> ever since I launched. <laughs> And I'm totally in FOMO. I'm like, I wonder what they're doing. I can't right. see it. What are they doing? What are they doing? Where can, can I go? <laughs> and I felt, so initially I felt bad about that. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many people that actually want to sign up. What am I doing? But then I said, hmm, but maybe that makes it feel even more exciting and maybe you'll actually sign yep. up next time. So yep. I decided to keep it closed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really smart. I mean, I totally have FOMO. I, 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 I'm not going to lie to you. I do. But, but I think that's really smart because you're crafting an experience and it's like this group of people at this time and there's already a built-in sort of community to yeah. that so it's almost like know. a race it's like you can't join the race after after it started <laughs> no i know i know it's not fair to anybody because yeah. you know at all at all so i'm not going to start the race but next time i'm going to be you know when at the at the starting line when the gun goes <laughs> yeah. off i'm really i'm really excited because i could that's I could awesome use to hear this in my life <laughs> well thanks again for coming on the show it's great to have Thank you. you for having me